Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas. And the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined by Jihei Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, the whole crew's in today. Jihei, how are we doing, my friend? Wow, Armani Buckets. Yeah. I'm, 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 in, I'm, in, <laughs> um, I'm doing great, Arash. Thank you so much for asking. I'm um, not going to lie to you. I'm ready for the weekend, though. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> Money Buckets, how are you? I'm doing better now that Austin Reeves has his own signature shoe. And I think that, you know, <laughs> they, they, they honestly don't look that nice, though, to me. But I would love to cop a pair of those AR1s and go play some pickup basketball. Always a good time. Let's hope they have more, let's hope they have more protection than the, um, you know, BBB shoes. <laughs> that, that was that was my first thought to be honest that was my first thought like like i don't know how much you're making off the shoe but uh hopefully at this point because of the track record of some of these fly-by-night shoe companies that they've done their homework you definitely don't want to see a guy on the rise get hurt like that but um guys a lot to get into today let's uh start here the oakland athletics are one step closer to moving to las vegas uh, the bill to give $390 million uh, for the building of the stadium on the Las Vegas Strip um, passed the Assembly. It passed the Senate. Uh, it's been signed by the governor. So listen, uh, the Nevada portion of this has been handled. The team asked for the money. They got the money. Now it's up to Major League Baseball that from all uh, from all the indications, they will be uh, approved to relocate. And now, at the end of the day, it's you know it's kind of only a matter of time. Now, now the, the big thing here is shovels hitting the ground because a lot of people who've been covering this saga for the past 20, 30 years in in Oakland have said that they won't believe it until shovels have hit the ground and construction has begun. Which, by the way happens regularly in las vegas i have no doubt that this is going to happen because of that uh we've talked about this move for quite some time the big thing here is they could be forced to stay in oakland for a couple of years again construction on the stadium won't begin until next year they may not um have the stadium complete until either 2027 or 2028 i mean that's a long time from now so uh, we'll see where they play, but uh, Brandon, I'll just start with you because we've, we've talked about this for quite some time. I mean, now it seems more official than, than it has been in a while. We've uh, talked about it, but 
it seems like the Oakland A's will be the Las Vegas A's in the not too distant future. Yeah, great for the city of Las Vegas. Terrible for the city of Oakland. I mean, Oakland loses another another professional sports team, um, you know, and that's just kind of the way business goes. I hate to say it. They have a great fan base, but the MLB and uh, Fisher, the owner of the Athletics, yeah, you can argue yeah, he did the A's completely wrong. It's a major league thing where he didn't get players that can actually play baseball at a high level. He wants to lose. He wants reasons to sell. At the same time, you can also look at it by like how much more profits uh, Las Vegas A's team will make for the league, for the players, for the city of Vegas, for the country in Las Vegas over Oakland. And San Francisco is not that far from Oakland. I know there's history in Oakland, and it's really sad that they're going to have no more professional sports teams there of the big four. And it's like, what can you do? I mean, the money talks. GA can attest to this. Like, that's why that's why Vegas is going to have a – I mean, she says it all the time with a lot of a lot of these, like, the why do a lot of these players go to Duke, you know, TV, media rights, now NIL, like, right, like you could, it's the same thing. Why are they going to Vegas? Bigger market, in my opinion, uh, you know, going to be possibly the pinnacle of the sports world eventually with Los Angeles already is. If you combine those two, Arash, we were talking about the other day with Nick Hamilton, there's so many factors that go into why this needed to happen. Um, but it's, it's honestly also very sad. I think you can, you can be excited for Las Vegas and sad for Oakland at the same time. And that's kind of what I, I would, am. I would like to beg to differ because the, and I'm not saying that it's not sad, you know, that, um, you know, this fan base or whatever is, is, I'm sure that they're bummed, but at the same time, they've been doing reverse, um, protests. They've been saying to sell the team. They've been saying get out of here. They're like giving away T-shirts at tailgates and going to games. I think like it was like yesterday or Tuesday. They had like the biggest crowd that they ever had at twenty seven thousand people. Which how sad is that? Um, but they they they're wanting this team to go now. Um, from all accounts of what it looks no, like. No, 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 right? no, no. The they, no, no, that, that's, no. That's not true. So the uh, the boycott is they want John Fisher to sell the team. They don't believe John Fisher is competent. They believe he is trying to move the team. They are saying, please gotcha. sell the team. Sell the team. Stay in Oakland. Um, so that's what they are trying to do. The interesting thing, guys, from being here in Las Vegas is that I have the sense here uh, for whatever reason, there, there there is not a clamor for this team to move here. And, you know, that wasn't the case when they got their first two professional sports franchises. Again, they were very excited to get their first one, an expansion hockey team, obviously. But um, maybe it's the public funds. Maybe it's the fact that the team has not uh, played well. This isn't a good team. In fact, it's a historically bad team. You know, just watching the local television news, uh, you know, local sports talk, um, there is definitely not a a celebration. Again, this thing is going to happen. The the thing is, it's a long-term play here. You know, when you look at what the Oakland A's could be as the Las Vegas A's, what what they're doing this year doesn't it, it does not matter. I mean, this team could be a contender by the time that they come here, but it is kind of interesting. You know, there's not a parade. There's not uh, there's there, there there's not this uh, like oh my god, we're we're about to get a major league baseball team. Um, but anyway, speaking of parade, 
you know, we've we've seen a lot of parades again today. The Denver the Nuggets had their parade in downtown Denver. Uh, the Golden Knights, amazingly, and this is quintessential Las Vegas, and it's really perfect for them. They are going to have their championship parade after winning the Stanley Cup on Saturday night. Saturday night at 7 p.m., the the uh, their parade is going to start on the Las Vegas Strip, and it will and it will conclude with a rally at 9 p.m. in front of T-Mobile Arena. And again, there's no city in the world at night like the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, GA, you first. I mean, just because as someone who loves Las Vegas, I mean, again, we've never seen this. Uh, again, most parades are. On a weekday, they're in the morning, they're in the afternoon. A 7 p.m. parade on the Las Vegas Strip on Saturday night. All I know is that Uber drivers are going to be mad. <laughs> There's wow. going to be so much traffic. Wow. Um, but other than that, good for Vegas. Good yeah. for Vegas. Um, you know what? Nobody, nobody knows how to party um, in the United States like Vegas. So um, I'm looking forward to actually seeing this. I'm hoping that, you know, we can get a little glimmer of, of this, of this parade. Um, yeah, they deserve it, man. I mean, it's pull out all the stops, Vegas, do whatever you got to do. I want to see fireworks. I want to see, you know, all the entertainers. I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see, you know, what they have in store. Um, again, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Vegas. They're at a night by, by the way, I feel like this is, um, again, just so quintessential Vegas. Like, of course they're going to have it at night. Of course they're going to have it on a weekend. Um, you know, of course, of course they're going to be celebrating like crazy. You know, I, I can't even imagine the celebration. I just saw, just seeing it on TV, seeing everybody in front of T-Mobile Arena for the, for the watch party, seeing everybody probably in downtown. And um, they just, they just know how to do it right. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for them. I can't wait. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Um, again, it's the NBA offseason. That that means it's time for the draft, time for the summer league. Super bummed, by the way, guys. I mean, uh, reports are that Victor Wembanyama will not be participating in the summer league. Our money buckets, uh, listen, we, we were at the summer league last year. We'll definitely be there again this year. But I was pumped to see Victor. What What is happening here? Yeah, I mean, he's playing professionally in France, and I believe that their season is still going on. Uh, they're in the playoffs, so I, I understand it from his perspective, needing some time to recover and an off season for him. Um, but yeah, it, it, you're it's, eighteen. <laughs> you're eighteen years old. What, recover? What recovery? You're eighteen. <laughs> I, Dude, I believe I play, that I could play like five games in a row when I was eighteen. What, what are you eight, recover? You're I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's a good thing. Yes, the human body is capable of playing a lot more games. This is a conversation, you know, about AAU basketball and other things. Is it a good thing if younger people play, you know, year round, five times on Saturdays and Sundays? My answer to that is no. Just because the human body can, I don't think it's good for long term. So I do think that, you know, you should take two months to to reset the body. That doesn't mean that you're not training and not working hard, but I don't know. What do you guys think? 
I will I will say this. I'll tell you guys what my mom told me. And my mom played professional basketball way back in the day. She said, you need to be in shape enough to play five or more games in a row. And if you can't do that, you shouldn't be playing. That's from my mother. That's not from me. Just letting everybody know that. <laughs> so um, I, I will say this. Yes, the body needs time to recover. I totally understand it. I get it. Putting your all into this. Um, but, man... Youth is wasted on the young, dude. I, I wish I was eighteen again so I can play like this. Like I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not for this. I, I, I think, I'm not for this. That's all I'm gonna say. But, but Jihei, what does he gain from playing in the summer league? He gains a little bit, a smidgen of what the U.S. versus the, the, dude U.S. ball versus international ball two totally separate things. But and I think he, that he needs to get a little bit of experience. But can he get that in the preseason? No, because they might they might use like kitty gloves back then too. Oh, he needs his rest. He needs his whatever time. Like I'm, I'm not the hugest fan, obviously, of load management and not you know playing these guys or whatever throughout the year. But I, but I, and I get it. You need you need your time. You need your rest, and that's the way of the league now. And, you know, we all should just get used to it kind of thing. It's rough, though, for me to get used to something like that when you can obviously play. Like, like Victor Wembanyama can obviously play. So I just, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of this. I think I the think kid just needs is, to get that experience. Yeah, I think this is more, I don't think it's either. I think this is more about the, look, I think he needs to play in the summer league, even though he won't, because LeBron James and Kobe Bryant played in the summer league. That's my that's my argument. Like, there's like a lineage thing. You kind of have, and you're not better than those guys, right? Right now, like, you know what I'm saying? Even though he likely will be better than everybody that's playing in the summer league, and it might be unfair the way he dominates those guys. It's still, I feel like it's it's an obligation that has to be met by everybody that enters the league, right? It's similar to the rule that no one talks about, but rookies aren't all-stars. Like, LeBron wasn't an all-star. You're not going to be named an all-star unless you're averaging 30 points per game, like, as a rookie. That's a golden rule no one talks about, but they don't do it. Luka wasn't an all-star. LeBron wasn't an all-star. Wenminyama probably isn't an all-star. It's the same thing here. He's not better than that. And I know he's playing games for the Metropolitans 92, but, like, the dude's played like over 150 games, and I mean I, that goes to Armand's point. But like, I, I I don't think he would get hurt. I think it's better to you know, cultivate a, a fan experience in Vegas too. Uh, he was already there. Remember, there's that connection when he played Scoot Henderson there. And for me, it's just I feel like it's a bad move all around for him not to at least play a few games. Like Paulo played two, three games, and he was like, "Cool, I'm done." Like play two games. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with Brandon on this one. Like, dude, some sense of humility is necessary, right? You kind of got to pay your dues, even if it's only two games. Like, it's fine. And you're not even playing the whole entire game, by the way, buddy. Exactly. You're like, <laughs> right? You're playing, like, 10, 15 minutes max. Like, you're As like, Grant... As Grant would say, get ready to learn English, buddy. Except he already knows English because he's coming, you know, the opposite. Yeah, he's multiple English. By the way, guys, so again, uh, this is also the time of year where we hear about prospective trades and where guys are going to land. 
Bradley Beal is the biggest name to kind of come out. Uh, Shams and Woj had their tweet around the same time saying that the Wizards were, were, were perhaps looking to uh, trade him. Again, not surprising. Michael Winger comes over from the Clippers. I think you kind of look at the team that you have. Is this a championship team? Is, it, is this a contending team? If it's not, let's hit the reset button. Let's move on. Let's talk to Beal and figure out if there's a team that he wants to go to. Um, you know, listen, the, the, the team that came up only because Beal um, had some interest in the Clippers before, and Michael Winger obviously knows everyone with the Clippers. Their name has come up. Guys, uh, listen, we always hear about the the traditional teams here, or you know, the same teams. It's the Lakers, it's the Clippers, it's the Knicks, it's the Nets. Uh, Bradley Beal, effectively, perhaps officially, on the trade market right now. Uh, Armani Buckets, let's start with you. Where do you think Bradley Beal goes? Yeah, I I mean, obviously, everybody's talking about the Miami Heat. I do think that that, you know, makes sense. The question is, though, how valuable is Bradley Beal coming off of that contract that he signed? He's not going to go for a, a very high price at all. And the reports have already come out that the price may surprise a lot of people. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what he goes for. It, that no trade clause that he has makes it even more interesting because he can kind of dictate where he ends up. I feel like he's going to end up in one of those warmer cities, L.A., Miami, um, and I think it'll be between that, but I, I feel like it's going to be the heat. Um, the more interesting one for me, because I think he was their best player last year, is Porzingis, and if if a team maybe takes a gamble on Porzingis, who it sounds like is going to opt into his player option, and he has one year left at $36 million. We all talk about Wembenyama. Porzingis, I'm not saying, you know, he was kind of the original unicorn. He shoots the ball very well. His defense has gotten better and better, and knock on wood, he stayed healthy. I would look more in that direction than I would in a Bradley Beal direction. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think there's another thing we have to add too about Zach Levine, the new. I know Armand, you must have you must have felt some tingling in your body when you finally heard they might be entering a rebuild process. Uh, but I mean, they're just gauging teams. I'm not saying he's going to get traded, and probably perhaps that's the last guy I would trade of the three. Um, you know, if they sign and trade to a switch, that'd be better. And DeRose, they should have done this all a year ago. Like you can build around Levine and trade everybody else, but. For the fact of the matter, Lonzo Ball, if he's not going to be on the court, you're not going to win pivotal basketball games in late in the season. Just plain and simple. So I, I like this, and I think teams are going to start calling. Maybe Miami calls about Zach. I think Zach is better than Bradley Beal, in my personal opinion. So I think that he could gauge some more interest. And he's also making not, not $53 million a year or whatever. And we have to emphasize and not bury the lead here because – when you look at the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks are getting older and older. Chris Middleton has a player option. Brooke Lopez could be gone. The Boston Celtics, we just saw what happened with them. In the West, after Denver, it becomes a crapshoot. So this is a window for teams to kind of try to navigate and become contenders. And I feel like we're going to see a surprise team or two take a big swing. Guys like Pascal Siakam, whose name has been in trade rumors, Damian Lillard, even Jalen Brown. We're going to see some serious trade movement, I think, this offseason. And 
it's going to lead to new teams emerging. Like, for example, what if a team like the Atlanta Hawks says, you know what? The East is open. We can make a push here. What if we can get Pascal Siakam? We're going to see that, and and I'm fascinated to see which teams think they're close enough to go for it. I wouldn't even be shocked if it's the Chicago Bulls, knowing how you know delusional we can be sometimes, <laughs> make one move and think that we're right in the thick of it. But seriously, look at the East. Who who are you confident in? next season to be the favorite is it the celtics we saw that you know they lack something for sure i don't know who do you guys think man i have no idea right yeah it's, it's a little Butler's bit a year older yeah uh, i think the heat should i mean this is their last chance right they're gonna get beal i feel like that they're gonna do it they're gonna trade tyler hero they already wanted to trade tyler hero for russell in a first rounder reportedly so of course they're gonna add him in a future first round pick possibly the 18th overall for beal and take on his contract though like for example, that's the price yeah what about a team like cleveland who seems like you know they're young they're good can they make a big splash this offseason and really go for it i don't know I, but it seems like somebody's going to take a huge gamble this offseason. Yeah, and listen, if you feel that the window is closing or if you feel that this is your last chance and you've just fallen short, you kind of have to swing for the fences and the Heat could be in that category. So we'll see what they do. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll have a couple of guests to join us. Make this a full house right now. We'll be joined by Nick Hamilton and Grant Mona. We'll be coming back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment... We just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii. Call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and join our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I, I, I mean, I can't say the same for our forgetful president, but I'm doing well, real good. Okay, let's get into that real quick. I mean, I don't want to make this a topic <laughs> of conversation. I, I I know these tweets are no doubt pre-written for him by someone else. I mean, I, I don't think the president's there uh, tweeting after the Stanley Cup final. Um, listen, I, I guess I could bring up the tweet. But effectively, Biden congratulated the Las Vegas Golden Knights, saying that they were the first professional, major professional sports franchise in the city. Um, and he got some grief because... 
people, I believe, misread it to believe he congratulated them on being the first major pro professional sports champion, which wasn't the case. Anyways, probably poorly worded, but I don't think it was factually incorrect. Nick, why am I wrong? You're wrong because they are the first the, the Las Vegas Aces were the first major sports franchise to win a championship in that town. That wasn't the, the Golden tweet, Knights. though. That wasn't the tweet. The tweet. Let me, let let's me go back me, and read the tweet. Let's, let's, let's bring up the tweet. the tweet. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I, I uh, let's do it because listen, you are right. The Las Vegas the Aces first, were he said, Pacer. Yeah. Well, do you want to? So wait. He said. Yeah, he yeah. says the first. He says congrats to the Vegas Golden Knights on their first Stanley Cup in just their sixth season, which is correct. Period. Okay. So far, so good. So far, so now, good. Now, the first major professional franchise in such a proud American city. They were the incorrect. very, well, they were the first major professional sports franchise in the city. When the Vegas Golden Knights played their first game, the Aces were not right. the Aces. They were in San Antonio. They were San Antonio. So, so I think that's where, I think that's where a lot of people misread They misread it. They misread so there you are. It is a poorly worded tweet. It's not an incorrect tweet. Yeah. Because I think people it's, it's took not that incorrect. second. Okay. All right. So it could be, I think people took yeah, no, that. It's not incorrect. I think people took that to mean, and he would have been incorrect if he said the first major right. professional franchise championship or first uh, major professional exactly. championship. He did not tweet that. But listen, I mean, exactly. pl plenty of reasons to not <laughs> bite it. I don't know if this is one of them. By the way, the bigger problem, and I wasn't aware of this. I mean, if Las Vegas has not gone to the White House yet, like that's they got to go to the White House. So, I mean, listen, I mean, that that, that was my thing. Like I read that tweet six times and I'm like, <laughs> he's not wrong. But anyways, Nick, uh, speaking of Vegas, uh, there's so much to get into. By the way, we got to welcome in Grant and Mona as well um hold up let me let me bring in grant our money buckets had to go somewhere else um grant grant mona is joining us we, we're gonna include him in shortly and i want to get grant's thoughts on this but first you nick um okay so big moment by the way biggest probably sports week couple of days in las vegas not only do the golden knights win the second major professional sports championship in the city but <laughs> Nick, they got the public funding. The Oakland Athletics got their $380 million of public funds. It looks like that is the first step towards what is an inevitability at this, at this point in terms of them moving to Las Vegas. And, you know, I do, I do feel for the people in the Bay, in Oakland, I get it. That being said, uh, this, this thing is a done deal at this point. Your thoughts on... Las Vegas giving them the public money again. A, a, a lot of the public was against this snake, and it was interesting, you know, because I've been in Vegas mm -hmm. while they've done all these professional teams, and they've been really happy about them. This was the one time, and I don't know if it's because the team is bad. I don't know what exactly is the reason. There's been a lot of pushback here. Yeah, I was reading. I was reading some of the um, the reports, um, some of the Vegas news news outlets, and. Yeah, it's been there. Definitely has been some pushback, but this has been a done deal for quite some time. It's just now coming to fruition. Yeah. I think also too. I think the whole public money thing, especially in the climate that we're currently in economically, where you're seeing people not only in our industry but other industries getting laid off and losing their jobs or what have you, and now they have the money to spend three hundred and eighty plus million dollars to get a team uh, in Vegas situated. And I also think too. That the you know as, as you said the people in Oakland feel for them of course 
but I think their their anger is misguided. It, it, their anger should not be at Major League Baseball. Their anger should be at the so-called city council and the in the city government that has allowed the Las Vegas, excuse me, the Oakland A's to become the Las Vegas A's because of how they've been able to mishandle the entire situation. If you uh, if you would have granted them an, uh, access to a new stadium in Oakland, a state of the art stadium, besides that that dumpster fire that they're playing in currently. <laughs> Then they wouldn't have the you wouldn't have this issue about them moving to Las Vegas. But so I think you can't blame Major League Baseball. You can't even blame necessarily blame totally blame the ownership group who owns the the Oakland A's moving to Vegas because why would why would you not want to go to greener pastures? And let's just say too, let's not forget. I'm sure there are other business people in the city of Las Vegas that will be eventually, you know, if not. I have an ownership stake, a pr yeah. primary primary uh, owners in the Las Vegas Aces to a point where they can turn this franchise around within the next five to six years when yeah. they arrive. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Grant, you know, we've, we've been talking about this for quite some time as well. Again, it's finally official. They're going to get their 300 in. in it's going to be close to 400 million, 400 million of public funds. Uh, you know, the problem here, though, Grant, is that this stadium will not be built until maybe like opening day 2028. I, I know people have said 2027. I've talked to multiple people because where they're going to build is where the Tropicana is currently at. So this is not a blank. Uh, this is not a lot that's available to, to break ground right now. Your thoughts on them moving there, and basically, they, they got five years of trying to figure out where they're going to be playing. Yeah, I think that's the snag right now for, for Oakland fans is, like, what do we do in the time being? Because we saw on Tuesday night, they had a reverse boycott, and 27-plus thousand fans showed up to the, to the A's stadium, and they won, and they were on the seven-game winning streak, so... You know, the A's fans love that team up there, but, you know, like Nick said... You know, for the ownership group, it, it makes more sense to go to Las Vegas. I mean, Las Vegas is a thriving community. It, we just saw two titles in a span of 12 months there. And that's that's a, a community where there's a lot more media revenue going to be going through there. I mean, I, say what you want about Oakland. I understand Nick mentioned this. That stadium is not suitable for MLB baseball. And, you know, you can say what you want about, you know, the fans not showing up. It's true. The fans did not show up even when the team was pretty good. They weren't even showing up to regular season games. They weren't showing up to big games. And, you know, you can say it's due to the stadium, but if the fans don't show up even when they're good, I mean, they showed up in the playoffs when the Oakland A's were good, but they didn't even show up in the regular season. They had one of the lowest attendances for years and years and years. And, you know, now the fans are trying to reconcile that and try to say, okay, well, we do care about it. It, it's it's a double-edged sword because, yes, the fans do care about baseball in Oakland, and that's the last Oakland team left. But on the other hand, Nick's right. The owners have every right to move to Las Vegas, which is a much better market. It's much better for the team. You can attract free agents to a, te to a, a team finally, and it just makes more sense to me that, that it's best to have baseball in Las Vegas and to move that team out of that horrible stadium. It is literally... Not it, it was a football stadium, right? And they made renovations to make it look more like a football stadium. It doesn't even look like a ball ball stadium. So uh, there's a lot of reason, you know, for fans to be upset. I understand. It's like if you took a team from LA and just moved them out. I, I know a lot of fans want the Clippers to move out, anyways. But it's it's like doing that. You you take away the soul and the heart of what you grew up with as a, as a fan. So I understand it there. But on the 
you know, for the owners, it shouldn't be on the MLB. You know, the, the MLB, that's a great move. It's a great move for the owners. It's a great move for, for baseball to move to a better market and put baseball in more cities. That's what we need. Nick, we've, we've talked about this for uh, quite some time, and I kind of want to go around the room and just get thoughts on this. Again, because of what's happening in Las Vegas, and again, you've, you've been here, you've covered the Aces, you've covered the Golden Knights, you've covered a lot of big, big, big events here. I mean, where again, we, we, we both kind of have to push back on our friend who said it's the sports capital of the world. I think that's different than it's the hottest sports city. So it's, it is, it's, you know, right now it's a hot sports city. You got the, um, the, um, the, um, F1 race coming. You got the Super Bowl coming. You got all these teams coming. It's a hot city. You, you can't really compare it to Los Angeles, which has two of all the major professional sports franchises. That being said, Nick, your thoughts on Vegas and what's happening here? Well, as I said before, I think Vegas is a definitely a growing sports uh, metropolis when it comes to, and like Grant said, it's it's a growing city. And I think you have uh, more opportunity here because more of the media lights, more of the media revenue is coming uh, to the city of Las Vegas. Uh, when you see a lot of the hotels, the old hotels being knocked down, and then all of a sudden you're seeing stadiums being built. Uh, there's talk of an NBA franchise coming in the next maybe four to five years or less. Um whether whether they move a team there or create a complete expansion team, um, Las Vegas is 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 a, is a star town. You know what I'm saying when it comes to the elevation of what Vegas has has come from, right from the 60s and the 70s all the way to where we are currently. Um, and the thing about it is, I think Las Vegas is growing. I think it's a it's a hot town. I think it's a hot sports town. But as we said before, it will never be the close to the number two market, uh, which is Los Angeles. Los Angeles has so much rich history yeah. over the course of decades. Like you said, they have two of everything, but not just two of everything in sports. They host majority of the entertainment uh, entities when it comes on and, and the award shows uh, when it comes, whether it be the Oscars, whether it be the Grammys, whether it be uh, the, um, uh, the Emmy Awards, whether it be you know, movie premieres, you know, red carpets. I've gone to many red carpets in Los Angeles versus how many I've gone to in Las Vegas. And that's just the, the landscape of it all. So it doesn't make one necessarily better than the other. It just makes it uh, more opportunity in Los Angeles versus having things in Las Vegas because Las Vegas is, is it's a growing market, but it's still a smaller market. It's not a top five market. It's not a top yeah. 10 market. Um, it, it may be top 15 market at some point, um, but right now it's really not. So you got you to deal with reality. Um, I love to see the growth in Las Vegas. I think Mark Davis has done a fantastic job uh, with the Las Vegas Aces. I think the ownership group for the Las Vegas, I mean, excuse me, the Vegas Golden Knights, I think they've done an excellent job uh, for their tenure being there. Um, I'm looking forward to the NBA ownership group that's going to be there. Uh, to, to bring an NBA franchise there and then the, the uh, Las Vegas A's uh, coming there. I think there's a lot of room for potential and growth. Brandon, you had touched on this, how, you know, if, if you're a player and looking to go to a, a, a new team, you know, for years and years and years, it was like, you know, I, I want to be in Los Angeles. I want to be in Hollywood. I want to be in Miami. Not only is it Las Vegas because it's Las Vegas, but this state income tax as well. I mean, if you're a player looking for a move, 
Las Vegas has to be on your short short list of teams, right? Absolutely. One of the more, um, you know, one of the best destinations right now. I mean, we saw Mark Wahlberg completely sell his L.A. property and, you know, call Vegas like near their home. Uh, he's building that whole complex. I, that's a whole separate story. But a lot of the professional athletes, as it pertains to all of these new franchises that are going to be in Las Vegas, there's there's a lot of promise. There's, uh, as you mentioned, um, you know, less less taxes, which is good. Um, and I think at the same time, this is a city that that has a lot of passion to give to teams, especially new teams that are coming. We saw that with the Vegas Golden Knights, which cumulated uh, cumulated cumulated in a uh, Stanley Cup final win. Uh, they were on the streets, so happy. And I think we'll see the same thing if the Raiders could ever win or if the A's eventually win. Um, and we're going to see more free agents go to the A's in the offseason because, you know, no offense to Oakland, no one wants to go play in Oakland. Like, no one's going to choose to go play in Oakland unless, you know, the, they have to get their head checked if they want to go choose to play in Oakland um, <laughs> over some other uh -oh. cities. No no, no offense. <laughs> over, I'm uh -oh, just saying. Bro, like, hey, Brandon, don't go to the Bay, man. Don't, 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 go, to the bay, <laughs> don't go down to my my my, my brother my brother lives near oakland i've been there a lot i like oakland but uh come on let's be real let's be real here they're gonna go to the dodgers the you know, even toronto now a different country right like that this is like more attractive options to go play baseball so i think the a's moving to vegas like like grant said it helps owners i just think it's an attractive destination for everybody right now and look at what happened to aces their most dominant team possibly we've seen in years they're gonna win back-to-back -back titles yeah. Uh, Grant and Nick, before we head out, I want to get your thoughts on here. Watching the Dodgers this year has been so frustrating because, again, I come into the season not thinking that they're going to win 100-plus games and all that, but they're playing well. Their bullpen has always been a little bit of a roller coaster, but, my God, they are historically bad this year. I mean, it's almost tougher for me to watch. Grant, first to you, what's going on, and can they fix it? Well, the, what's going on is the bullpen. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what's going on. I mean, look at yesterday. They came back. I mean, they were down two to nothing. Kershaw just couldn't get any help on the mound. There's a errors behind him and everything. They ended up getting a four on inning to take a four to two lead, and then they blow the lead right back and then just get blown out at the end of the game because of that pen. The pen just completely fell apart after Kershaw threw a gem. And that's a that's the microcosm of the season already. I mean, it, th this is the worst uh, bullpen ERA since the club moved to Los Angeles. Wow. That that is incredible. I mean, think of the history of the Dodgers. This is it's, it, it's just unbelievable how the front office just ignored the bullpen. I mean, I guess you could say that the front office wanted to bring up some young arms and try try that route. It's just not working. The guys that were good last year aren't good this year. The guys that they brought in haven't panned out. Even Noah Syndergaard, who was a starter, hasn't panned out. Um, the starting rotation, say what you want, it's not that bad. Kershaw's been great. The, Tony Gonsolin's been great. Bobby Miller's been a revelation. So that's not really their, their issue. Yes, they probably need one or two more starting arms, but that pen is costing them games. I mean, they, they get a lead, and you never know if it's going to be safe. They have to score 10 runs and make it 9 to nothing for them to be safe. And trust me, Dodger fans feel the same way. You have to get a huge lead for them to feel safe in a, in a game, and especially against you know a better National League this year. It can't happen. The bullpen needs to be better. They need to make moves, not at the deadline, but they need to do it now because if you dig yourself in, in a big hole, the Diamondbacks are playing excellent baseball, they're about three games ahead of the Dodgers, and they're not going to slow down, I don't think. They have a good team this year. The Dodgers need to make moves quick.
Nick, you've been at a ton of games. I mean, what, this is bad. I mean, what, the, the way that they're blowing games uh, has been tough to watch. Can they fix it? Will they fix it? Well, I mean, I agree with Grant. The bullpen needs needs prayer. It needs divine <laughs> revelation. I don't know what else they need, but they definitely need to fix that bullpen. I understand they've had some significant injuries along the way, especially with, the, with their arms. And I know that's been a, a derailment as far as uh, making sure they can be able to sustain lead. Uh, but you, like you said, and I, I agree, you can't, you have to have a balanced attack. You can't just, uh, you know, think that you're going to put up 10 runs a game and then have to play, you know, hope fend them off, you know, fend off your, your opponents. I think what they're going to have to do is figure out a way to get their arms uh, together. Maybe they have to make a trade. Maybe they have to make some serious moves. Maybe pull some, some kids up from the farm system that they're really interested in. I don't know what else they have to do, but it's definitely it's damn show sure embarrassing when you sit up there and have a, a lead and you blow it, um, you know, like the crackhead on Figueroa. I mean, it's just ridiculous when you sit up here and, and, and you see that type of baseball being played. And as talented as this team is offensively, when you see them at the plate, this team is an offense is very good offensively. And and so I agree with you, Arash. I didn't expect them to win 100 games. I still don't expect them to win 100 games. You want them to win just enough games, as I said before, to host a wild card and in in order to be able to keep that rhythm where you have to host a wild card and then go straight into the NLDS and hopefully play some of your best baseball to get you to a deep playoff run. I think that's what they need to do. I don't don't see an Otani trade happening uh, during the trade deadline for the Dodgers. I think that's going to happen possibly in 24 when he becomes a, a significant free agent. Um, so they're going to have to figure it out. I don't know what the hell else they have to do, but they, they're going to have to figure it out rather quickly. Brandon, before we call it a day, uh, real real quick, can the Dodgers figure it out? Listen, they, By the way, they've had bullpen problems. This is next level. Again, like Grant said, worst bullpen since they moved to Los Angeles. Can they figure this out? Real, real, real quick, Brandon. I, I don't know. I don't know, oh, man. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, 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 yeah. My apologies. Uh, <laughs> I think they figure it out enough to make the playoffs, but I mean, this is a rebuilding year. I think everybody knows it. Yeah, I mean that. That's that's the issue. Is that is that when you have a team this close? This is the confidence I have, though, in the GM, in Andrew Friedman, and in in this uh, group here. They know that they have a team that can win, and I think that as long as they have that confidence, that listen, let. If if we got to go out there and make a couple of trades, they will do that. So listen, I, I never thought I'd, I'd be comparing the Lakers to the Dodgers and Rob Palenka. But yes, here's the thing. You're 100%. Nick and Grant, they got to make the deal now, though. You can't wait till the trade de- the deadline. You got to make the, the uh, deal now. All right, Nick, uh, Grant, thanks so much for joining us, guys. We'll have you guys back on next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.